The financial needs of a business go beyond tax and attest services. That's why CTBK goes beyond accounting services and offers outsourced solutions through their affiliation with CFO Solutions Plus. These additional services allow clients to focus on their operational and long-term strategic goals. Trust CTBK's outsourced solutions to provide cost-effective, value-added financial services tailored to your company's needs. Call CTBK at 716-630-2400. Again, 716-630-2400. Or go to ctbk.com to learn more about CTBK's outsourced solutions. As we were saying, thank you for listening again to Tim Graham and Friends brought to you by CTBK. I am Tim Graham of The Athletic here with our usual crew, Matthew Fairburn, also of The Athletic. He covers the Bills and Jonah Bronstein of the New Bronstein Times. And it is June 1st, the day after Memorial Day. So, of course, we're going to talk Bills football. No games for three more months. But everybody was all lathered up over the weekend because Josh Allen's good name was sullied by somebody who dared to think that it's possible he could regress after those marvelous numbers that he posted in 2020. And on Pro Football Focus podcast, an analyst, Benjamin Solak, brought up that possibility and used the phrase arrogance to talk about Josh Allen because... He hypothesized, what if Josh Allen, because of his success, gets to a point where he starts making those throws or trying those throws, fitting it into the tight windows, and um, perhaps he should have used a, a better word, one of those words that used to get attached so romantically to Brett Favre, like swashbuckler or daredevil or whatever. Um, gunslinger. Yeah. Gunslingers. Yeah. Gunslinger is a great word for a quarterback. Arrogant is not, even though they might mean the same thing. Ryan Fitzpatrick had an awful lot of arm arrogance. Um, Jim anyways, Kelly. I want to open the floor up to you guys regarding Josh Allen and the need for bills fans to just run to his defense. Uh, and also whether or not, Benjamin Solak has a point. Yeah, it was an odd uh, episode, I think, for a lot of reasons. Uh, you know, it was – I jumped back on Twitter on Monday evening after a few days sort of unplugged uh, from that app, and the weather had been beautiful in Buffalo, and, you know, there was a couple of really nice days, on a, a long weekend for everybody, and – Yet their people were seemingly had spent a good chunk of their their holiday Monday um, hurling feces around at at one another at nobody in particular. It seemed like I don't even know who people were arguing with. I it it appeared to me that Benjamin Solak had logged off to enjoy his his holiday and and was just you know letting the chaos swirl around him. And I just it, it felt like the latest in a long line of episodes like this where anytime anything gets said about Josh Allen it has to become a thing on Bill's Twitter they can't simply enjoy a breakout season or enjoy the 
dozens of analysts and reporters around the country who heap praise on Josh Allen, the odds makers who give him great odds to win the MVP award, the odds makers who give the Bills great odds to win the AFC East and contend for a Super Bowl title. They have to find the one analyst and the, even the slightly innocuous comment, you know, that somebody dares to say they'd rather have Dak Prescott than Josh Allen. And it is, well, sorry about that cookout, honey. I got to get online and defend our guy. Like I know we had a family event today, but clear my schedule. Uh, Somebody's going after Josh online. I mean, to, to me, it's like as a, as a behavior, a massive waste of time. Like we'll get into the substance of Benjamin Solak's, points which probably have some merit but the need to argue and you know just be angry on the internet is insane and particularly this it felt like a monday in october after josh allen had played a less than perfect game and yet it was memorial day a holiday monday three months away from the start of the season and we were seeing similar behavior as we would see on that day. So yeah, I don't, I just don't know what exactly motivates people to have that level of passion defending Josh Allen from the slightest of criticism as if Josh Allen is going to invite them to his next Memorial day barbecue because they defended him. Like he's going to call these people up and say, I saw you sticking up for me, man. Come on over for burgers and dogs. Like, I just don't know why it becomes such a a point of point of anger and frustration for these people to the point where they need to to go after people online. But here we are. It it, it is not going away. I I think at this point it's hardwired into Bills and Buffalo, maybe all around the NFL fans. With Josh Allen specifically, it's part of his origin story in a way. He came he was drafted as a player where there was a lot of analysts and film graders that doubted him and and his projection for the NFL based on how he played in college and some of the things that showed up on film and the fact that Josh Allen by his third year proved a lot of those people wrong, even though maybe he didn't prove anybody wrong in the first two seasons has Bill's fans thinking that defending Josh Allen and calling out, all these conspiracy theorists that online that believe he might not be the world's greatest quarterback somehow played into and fueled his improvement and his ability and the success that he did had on the field. I think it shows that even though it was a beautiful Memorial day with NHL and NBA playoffs on television and the blue Jays are coming to town in Buffalo, there's a lot of other sporting events they get excited about, but this is what Bill's fans went looking for online that it was, it fulfilled some sort of, need and emptiness in their hearts that I haven't really gotten to go to bat for Josh Allen against some Twitter personality I've never met before in a long time. So, you know, now's the time I had the opportunity. Let's go. Somebody like cut up a specific video, uh, you know, took the time to be like, get a load of this and, you know, cut up the little preview and share it around. I mean, I don't, yeah, I don't really know why somebody would do that or, or, or why people feel so compelled, you know, it's not, it is not the mainstream narrative at this point, right? It is not the, 
the predominant narrative that Josh Allen is due to be a bust in 2021 and he will regress and 2020 was a mirage. That is not the accepted take out there. You know, the majority of people, the, like I said, the odds makers and tons of analysts uh, think very highly of, of both Josh Allen and this offense. Uh, the fantasy football community thinks very highly of Josh Allen. I mean, you don't have to look too far to find that. Now, there's probably something deeper going on psychologically, like you said, Jonah, like there's there's some need they're fulfilling here. Um, I think we see it a lot with with Buffalo sports and with, you know, Buffalo as a city in general, right? Like anytime somebody says anything bad about Buffalo or suggests perhaps you could get decent wings somewhere else or suggests you could use a different condiment with your wings, yeah, people are very... Thing. Right. People are very protective of their of their territory and of their their tribe and their city, which is part of what what makes this, uh, you know, a fan base players love playing for. And um, it's part of what makes it a unique and an interesting uh, community. But the Josh Allen thing is a little bit weird. Like, I don't think Benjamin Solak's premise is off base. We've seen Josh Allen get a little bit risky with the football. And we saw some near danger moments for him, even last year as he was having this marvelous breakout season. So, you know, for people to suggest that perhaps, you know, I see a lot of people say there's a, you know, he can only go up, he's going to keep going up. And that's just not how the league works. There are certain players regress and guys don't always have linear progressions upward. So to me, I think, you know, this idea of somebody wanting Dak Prescott or somebody wanting Lamar Jackson or all these off-season topics that get thrown around as fodder this time of year. I just don't understand why people have to take it personally. Like you've got one of the bright young quarterbacks in the game, one of the quarterbacks that people are talking about uh, and having these conversations about and, you know, talking about as an MVP candidate and everything along those lines. And rather than enjoying it, people take their pleasure in defending this guy who I don't think needs to be defended. I don't think he needs this. Um, I don't think, you know, perhaps people would say, Oh, you know, arrogance was the wrong term. I don't think Benjamin Solak was speaking to Josh Allen's personal character that he's walking around thinking he's the greatest quarterback on earth, but we've all seen that arrogance that Benjamin Solak is referring to on the field. The, I think, I can do absolutely anything on the field. It's part of what makes him great and part of what's gotten him into trouble. It makes him so fun yeah, to watch. Don't. It's really what's endeared him to, to Bill's fans is that he reminds you of Brett Favre, uh, who had arm arrogance. He reminds you of Aaron Rodgers, who has arm arrogance. He is that freewheeling guy who will take the chance. And sometimes he, you, know, you go back to the LA Rams game last year in which the Bills seemingly had it won and Josh Allen had a meltdown, partly because of swashbucklery or daredevilry, uh, however you want to more delicately put it. Um, that's the, he does that. He has done that. We've seen it and we've seen it from other quarterbacks too. And it does happen. Uh, you hope as a Bills fan that it's out of his system. Uh, but I also think that a lot of this comes from 17 years of no playoffs and having the, an abyss at the position 
the inferiority complex that you have with Western New York sports fans and it's Sabres fans, it's Bills fans. It's ever, you know, it's just ingrained from not having won the championship uh, from all the close calls, from all the heartbreak. Um, and now Bills fans finally have their guy and they need to make sure their guy stays happy. You know, they don't, they don't, they want to be, no, they love being known as those people who are going to be there. The, the rider dies. Uh, we're going to show up the day you sign with the bills. We're going to wait for you at the airport and hand you some chicken wings uh, and get a photo up with you. And we're going to donate to your charity that, that even though you didn't ask for it, and we're just going to throw our love at you. And we are going to defend you uh, until of course you turn on us uh, or until you stop being good because EJ Manuel used to get, not to this level, but he used to get defended. I used to have people send me emails telling me to leave EJ alone when I would be critical of him. Uh, and then, of course, EJ clearly isn't the quarterback of the Bills' future. And then the Bills fans say, fuck him. You know, that's kind of how it goes. Um, it's same not thing limited with- to the quarterbacks either. If somebody dares to list a few safeties that are good at football and might not mention Jordan Poyer, there's going to be a lot of hate right. tweets about how much better Jordan Poyer is than every other safety in the NFL. And I think some people like to think that pointing that out, amplifying it and maybe getting it in front of the player, which probably happens. Like, let's face it, Josh Allen, there's a non-zero chance that he saw Benjamin Solak's take at some point when he was in the building today for practice. And they like to think that they're sort of embodying the, mindset of the team that will take any disrespect or any slight edge and excuse to play the underdog card and the nobody believes in us card and really blow that up so that they can internalize that and use it as motivation and I think the fan base has embodied that and likes to take up those fights for the player even when you know it's not like Josh Allen quote tweeted that and said you know said something to to stoke the flames. Like this was all organic. This all happened on its own. And, um, you know, it's, it's not the first time and it will not be the last time. It's something that that keeps on happening. You know, what else is organic and happens as it, as it, as it comes. The guests on this show, we were talking about Benjamin Solak's comments regarding Josh Allen. So why the hell not have him on? Why just talk about him behind his back? No less. Let's have Benjamin Solak on Tim Graham and Friends brought to you by CTBK to talk about his heinous, his, his character assassination, the murder that he committed over the weekend regarding Josh Allen in a hypothetical situation that he might, just might, not reach the same heights or, heaven forbid, he throws the occasional interception like a Brett Favre or John Elway did. Benjamin Solak, defend yourself. What's going on, fellas? How are we doing? <laughs> That's good. That is quite the intro. I'm sorry. We're yeah, I know. It was We're all I liked it. Benjamin Solak's joining us here, and Benjamin uh, over the weekend created uh, the stir uh, unwittingly. Uh, he, I don't think he went about it uh, trying to do it. Uh, but Benjamin, uh, he's been in this business for a long time. He's the senior college football writer at the Draft Network. He's the deputy editor at Bleeding Green, and um, you've seen his analysis all over the place. And 
Benjamin uh, was having a chat with Pro Football Focus, and a clip was posted online in which he used the phrase, uh, well, I don't think you coined arm arrogance. I think that was kind of... I didn't even know it was a thing. Right. Uh, right. I, 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 in my understanding of quarterback play, have watched quarterbacks like Allen and like Mahomes and like Rodgers and other ludicrously talented quarterbacks and conceived of the way that they like to challenge coverage and the way that they like to try things as arrogance like it's just arrogant is just to me what it is it's i'm very very talented and so i can do x y and z and you can't stop me uh i'm probably going to pick a different word for that sensation now <laughs> um because and in all seriousness it doesn't really translate super well uh is spoken when you're not like describing what exactly you mean by it but um i don't know the best the best way to characterize that idea of arm arrogance to me and even like uh, you know with the guy like Mahomes it's like vision arrogance and with uh, Rogers it's, it's it's understanding it's cognitive arrogance is that uh quarterbacks uh, we all learn through experimentation elite quarterbacks are, are no exception and rather really are, are are very much so in that field where you try things to figure out what you can do and what you can get away with and, and how you can change the paradigm, right? Like being able to adjust your arm angle changes the way you throw shallow routes, which changes the way defenses address shallow routes. It's, it's a, a big deal to experiment, to discover new things. And so the, the sensation here with Allen is that uh, he is a challenger of boundaries. He likes to experiment. He likes to see how long he can run around back there and how far down the field he can throw it and what windows he can attack. And that's a double-edged sword. That's the main thing with Josh Allen that I want to get across is that, he experiments and because he experiments, there's going to be some roller coaster effect and that's okay. You live with that. Cause like you were saying, if he throws the occasional pick, guess what he's still doing? Probably throwing for a lot of yards, a lot of touchdowns. And so we're, we're, we're going to live with that. The double-edged sword, Benjamin is probably the reason why Bill's fans get so upset about a negative take regarding Josh Allen. It's because they know this. It's because they know it. And I saw some of the reaction on Twitter yesterday. I've never seen Josh Allen be arrogant on the field. I've no what we've all seen it. It -hmm. happens at least a handful of times in a game every week. And he gets away with it because he's really good. Now, sometimes he doesn't like in the Rams game in which, and we were talking about it before he came out. I don't want to have to rehash it, but uh, you see sometimes these little mini meltdowns. And the thing that really has been impressive about Josh Allen's growth is It used to be when he'd have one of these little mini meltdowns, that was the end of it. I'm talking about through his first couple of years. He found his way to kind of unravel himself uh, in that Rams game, most notably now. Thankfully, there was a a penalty that really bailed him out late in that game. Uh, But still, um, he's found his way to get. But when you have a full offseason to sit back and think on it and to be very happy with what you were able to accomplish right up until that AFC championship game, and yes, Now everybody's got the target on Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs, um, which is another thing maybe we can talk about. It seems as though the Bills have gotten beyond the division aspect of what we want to accomplish this year. It is, I mean, are they overloading too much on 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 looking at the Chiefs? Uh, But anyway, we could talk about that. But anyway, uh, I I don't want to ramble on, Benjamin. You've come on here. People would like to hear what you have to think about it. But yes, those, those were terms that used to be very lovingly lavished onto John Elway and Brett Favre and those guys with the big arms, uh, Ken Stabler back in the mm-hmm. day. I mean, any of these guys, uh, they all played with an arrogance. Ryan yeah. Fitzpatrick play, doesn't have the arm, but he plays with an arrogance. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but all right. So, so you pick the bad word and even though it's not, it's not wrong though. Right. And that's the thing is like, I feel like if there was not such a, a, a call to defend Josh Allen because of what his entire arc has been in terms of how he was treated in the pre-draft process and what he went through in his first couple of years in terms of learning the NFL game and, and, and growing through some lumps, if there weren't like, I, I think if I called Russell Wilson arrogant, a lot of Seattle would be like, yeah, and that's because Seattle's won 10 games every season with Russell Wilson. It's gotten to the playoffs with Russell Wilson and they know what he is and they don't, you know, you don't feel need to defend him, which I don't begrudge Bills fans at all. Like, yeah. If I were Bills fans, I'd probably defend him tooth and nail because he's your guy. Like he, he really Aaron has Rogers. Be- yeah, he's become quite something uh, for what he is. And, and I think that's another point that, you know, for me as, as particularly as a draft analyst, it's, it's what I do, you know, nine to five. Uh, I was like everybody else when Allen came out. I said, I mean, if you want to bet on this guy, go ahead. The physical tools are great. It's just this is a long and a hard bet to make. You've really got to hit on the way on his work ethic, on his character and on him growing. And development is a very hard thing to bank on. Allen has absolutely gotten so much better, much better than I could have told you back then when he came out that he would have. But back then he played with arrogance back then he played with aggression back then he tried things that at the mountain West level that nobody else was trying. It's because of his physical tools and he could get away with some of it. The areas in which he's grown in terms of accuracy and in terms of, of, of processing and knowing where guys are going to open, those are independent of this way that he likes to experiment this way that he likes to challenge boundaries, which will be with him forever. And if Allen ends up one of the greats on the Mount Rushmore of quarterbacks, it'll be because of that experimentation. And if it's be, and if he ends up being a volatile player who has some really great seasons, like we saw last year, and then some seasons where it's more up and down, it'll be because of that, that experimentation. Like they, he's going to be a guy who uh, with his physical tools considers tries things that other quarterbacks don't try. And at, and at times that's going to be to the detriment of your team, whether it's for a drive or for a quarter or for a half or for a game or for a season. And so when I was asked, you know, Dak or Allen, I like Dak's consistency. If anybody else liked Allen's peak, I'd be like, yeah, sure. Like that's, that's no problem. The same tier. They're both awesome. Um, but it, it's, it's understanding that mold of quarterbacking is, Important because we're seeing it become more popular uh, and we know that it can lead to some really, really high end, high end results. And so kudos to Josh for how hard he's worked. But to me that uh, uh, this, this him having such a good season, I think is going to lend him to make some even more risky decisions and those could come bite him in the butt. And that's been true of Josh for a couple of years. It has nothing to do with how much more accurate he's become or how much better he's become uh, understanding that, that offense for Brian Dabble. The addition of Stephon Diggs. Go ahead, Matthew. I just found it bizarre that because the word was arrogance, there was people saying, man, this guy doesn't know how, how humble Josh is. Yeah. That's the thing with the, yeah. He's embodied the growth mindset and, you know, this guy's always working to get better, which I don't think we've all seen that he has those qualities, but when he's on the field, you know, what Benjamin's talking about here, it's a, it, yeah. Arrogance, you know, you can talk about, you know, words and meanings right. and, and everything else, but like whatever you want to call it, as it's described by Benjamin here, it exists and it's there. And it's not, it's not necessarily uh, him walking around Monday through Saturday, talking and acting like he's the best quarterback to ever, you know, walk on a football field. But on Sundays when he's between those white lines, there's very very few things he doesn't think he can do. And that showed up even last year when he was having a breakout year. 
One of the things that he said coming out of Wyoming, when I went out to Fireball to interview him, one of the very last things he mentioned to me, uh, I was talking more about, hey, man, you're on the verge of being in the NFL, realizing your dream. And uh, he being a big Tom Brady fan that he is, I said, and you get to play Tom Brady twice a year. And he was putting something in the back of his loading something in the back in his trunk of his uh, truck. And he looked at me and said, and beat him twice a year. I mean, the arrogance is there. Mm. Uh, and if you are a starting quarterback in the NFL and don't have an arrogance, you're probably right. at a deficit of some kind uh, because you don't get that far. You don't get that far through college, being on a roster, getting drafted. Um, you, you have arrogance. It's very hard to get to this level in such competitive athleticism without like a little bit believing that you're the man. That, like that, that it's, it's very intuitive, right? Uh, so yeah, like it's, man, I, I cannot stress how little I have against Josh as a human. <laughs> I met him, <laughs> met him for like 30 seconds uh, at the combine. Think he's awesome. Uh, I root for him. I, I love it. I think that for the draft community as a whole to have been so wrong on him is, is, is a, like a watershed moment in terms of how we evaluate quarterbacks. I got all love for him. And the idea of Mahomes having a foil who can challenge him regularly in the AFC, I think is like it, with Allen and then with Lamar is going to give us some unbelievable games. Could not be rooting more for Josh Allen as a dude, just out here trying to understand how quarterbacks play the game and just out here trying to, trying to figure it out in terms of which guys stick and, and, and how can you ride volatility and all of that. I'm sure nobody uh, in Buffalo would ever take anybody over what they've gotten out of Josh. He seems like the man. Benjamin, I want to ask just because uh, there may be other people wondering and to stop uh, from another uh, doo-doo storm. Uh, you mentioned the, the phrase that you use, peak. Josh Allen at his peak. You, people may say, well, he could get better than last year. Uh, last, there's, last, we're not, we don't know that Josh Allen's peak is what he did last year. What, right. what do you think uh, of Josh Allen's trajectory? Yeah, I think that, right, as far as what we've seen, clearly this is his peak, right? So we know that. And then I always go back to a phrase coined by Mark Schofield is a, a writer for touchdown wire and is a big quarterbacks guy who talks about how development isn't linear. We'd love for development to just go like that. You get better. And then because you're better, you get better. And then you just keep getting better. And then eventually everybody is better. And it's just simply not how it goes. Uh, it is. I, I believe I said this on the, on the PFF show itself. I'm very interested to see what happens to Allen and to Buffalo when they hit some adversity, because it's all well and good to be passing the ball more than any other team in the league until you lose a couple games. And boy, it feels like maybe you could have ran the football there a little bit. And, and that's where you have, you know, you, you obviously get to justify the process right now by the results, but once you lose the result, you have to be able to continue believing in the process. And so for uh, Stefan Diggs, who was a, brought into Buffalo to get a better quarterback than Kirk cousins and, and to get that, elite wide receiver treatment. He got it in year one. If he loses it in year two, because they want to spread the ball around more or because Stefan gets a little bit banged up or whatever happens. How does that affect Josh? How does that affect the passing offense in general? And so I'm very interested with, with how good Buffalo was last year. You want to see what happens when a team comes back and punches them in the teeth. You look at the Rams arc over three years, Super Bowl season with McVay to that 2019 season where Everybody said, oh, that Patriots defensive game plan in the Super Bowl looked nice. Let's do that. And then they ran into huge problems in terms of getting their running game off the ground. And they had to change how they put their personnel on the field and what schemes they run. And then in 2020, that offense was back. 
we know that development isn't linear. We know there's lulls and swells. And so I say this is Allen's peak because to this point it is. I very much think he could do better than he did last season. Uh, Allen 100% looks like an MVP caliber player uh, when he, if he keeps playing like he did. And I think that he very well could win that award. It's just, it's, very, it's, it's always a temptation to say because he got better from year one to year two and from year two to year three, he's going to get better from year three to year four. And over the course of many seasons of many pros, we just, that, that isn't the case. Development is not linear. It is not consistent. It comes in fits and starts. And you have to be able to ride that roller coaster. What do you think about, you mentioned, you know, as draft analysts, it was sort of this moment, you know, that Josh mm-hmm. Allen became good and caused a lot of people to probably sit back and say, all right, what did, what did we miss? Or, or what can we learn going forward from, you know, the way that he developed is there any major thing that you took away or, or is there a danger in doing that and saying like, Oh, we missed something with Josh Allen. And then you're trying to go for the next Josh Allen that, you know, may not even be out there. Right. 100%. That's the thing is you want to learn something, but you also want to learn it from more than just this. You want to learn it from a few different things, right? Uh, Increasingly, what happens between January and August, especially for quarterbacks is mattering more and more. Uh, as practice time goes down, as the CBA affects the number of practices and how much you can be in the building and how often you've got pads and how often you're running scrimmages, uh, as preseason games go down, uh, as, as the uh, importance of quarterback health continues going up and we don't see any starters in the preseason, development in the building for quarterbacks does not happen to the same degree it used to. So January to August, when you are not in the building, hopefully you're in the building in January and February, but winter to August, uh, when you're with your private quarterbacks coach, uh, when you're doing off-season workouts with your wide receivers, that's critical. Uh, I was actually just with Jim Nagy, who was a you know director of the Senior Bowl, obviously big Josh Allen guy, and rightfully so. Uh, and he was talking about how teams are even more interested in things like character and work ethic, which Josh has work ethic and competitiveness in spades, but also the ability to muster your team and muster your guys and, and be a connector, be a, be a good social guy, because it's important that you're working out with your wide receivers in, in the spring. They want that in their quarterbacks because teams know that that quarterback needs to be getting with wide receivers in the off season, because the, the, those developmental reps are so much more important with the way that practice time is changing in the league. And so when I see the way that Allen succeeded and also the way that Josh Rosen failed, uh, I wonder the degree to which being a guy around whom your teammates will rally uh, around whom your teammates want to be, matters in terms of how much work you can put in January to August. Uh, and that gives you the ability like Allen did to get better. Cause we've heard the league say a hundred times, he has great work. I think he has great character and 99 of those guys did not get better the way Josh Allen did. So I, 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 I still want to get there. I still want to understand what about Josh pushed him over the edge in terms of how he grew and how he got better. But it's, there's no doubt that it's something that happened between January and August. And I think it has a lot to do with your ability to put in time with private coaches and with teammates and be willing to get better in that off season when it's not Bill's branded gear. And it's not, I don't know the names of the bills facility, but it's not there. Uh, you've got to be able to do that in the off season. And, and that's to Josh's testament because his work with private quarterback coaching is I think tantamount to how he's gotten better. Adding Stefan Diggs to the team probably didn't hurt. Yeah. Also get you a GM who gets Stefan Diggs in the building and John Brown in the building, and then get you an offensive coordinator who throws the ball 62% of the time. And then you're golden. Right, right on. 
Well, what do you think? Uh, we'll, and we'll let you go, Benjamin. I appreciate you doing this on sh- uh, such short notice. No worries. Um, let's take a look at the AFC East. Josh Allen, unless Cam Newton sticks as the Patriots starting quarterback, uh, Josh Allen's the graybeard. Um, right. He's, he's, uh, seems to be the standard. Uh, and I think, I don't know, it seems to me I'm talking about the fans and the media also. Everybody's looking at Chiefs, Bills again as the teams uh, to beat in the AFC and seem to be taking the rest for granted. Um, I don't know. I just wanted to throw that, get your thoughts on, on that situation. I think the Patriots are still going to be tough to deal with this year. Uh, I just, we just went through an exercise on, on, my, on my podcast, uh, Locked on NFL Draft, where we were just trying to draft in the best team from each division, just a way to do divisional previews. And the Patriots had a lot of players on that team. And it's because that offensive line is gnarly, and then that defense is going to be great, uh, as it is especially with, with Dunta Hightower coming back and some of the, the additions that they've had over the last couple of years. And so I do think anytime you got to deal with Belichick and, and the Patriots twice – that's going to be tough because so long as they have a functional roster, Belichick doesn't drop stupid games. He doesn't lose to bad teams. So their record's going to be good. And then he's going to be prepped for you. He's going to be ready because Belichick probably spent a lot of time this year watching Brian Dabble, Josh Allen, and coming up with, with ways that he's going to be able to contain that offense. So I would never overlook a Patriots team, even with the questions at quarterback, because I just, that, that, that to me seems like inviting danger that I don't want to invite with that said, uh, no, team in the league has the ability to win shootouts ability to just win with points the way that uh the bills do right with Allen, there's mahomes and then there's Dak and the cowboys and there's rogers and the packers and Allen and the bills are right there in terms of if they drop 40 on you they drop 40 on you and sometimes all you can say is well then boys good and then you go to sleep and you, you try to get them next week so there's that and then there's of course the memory that sean mcdermott leslie frazier kind of know what they're doing on the other side of the ball uh, and so, right, the Bills have uh, one of the best coaching staffs in the AFC, if not the entire league. They have one of the most dynamic passing games, which is obviously what we know, bread and butter in the modern NFL. They're going to be able to beat the bad teams, and then they're always going to be able to punch with the good teams. Uh, so it's reasonable to expect them to be another top two, top three, top three seed in the AFC. I just would say, right, handle your backyard first. Uh, New England Patriots are never a fun team to play, and you got them twice. Uh, and so that there's there's still. Get that done. Every coach always tell you our first goal is to win the division. So win the division first and then start worrying about, about your playoffs when you get there. I'm trying to figure out what of what Benjamin said in the last 20 or so minutes, Bill's Mafia is going to clip up and send to Josh <laughs> whatever the, what, Whatever they want, brother. <laughs> Laker, listen, we all are trying to get through May and June. There's no football on. I respect it. Just get done what you need to get done. <laughs> They're fired up, man. I don't know. Do you see you see it? You see more fan bases than we do. We deal with with Bills fans, three sixty five. How do they compare to what you get from uh, from other fan bases when mm-hmm. you when you say when perhaps you choose the wrong word or whatever? Right. How does it compare? So I'm an Eagles fan, and so I, I I notice a distinct kinship between Eagles fans and Buffalo fans. They're not dissimilar in a few ways, and so to me, uh, this whole Buffalo thing the last couple of days has not really phased me too much. I'm not been like, Oh darn. You know what I mean? Like I, I get it. Uh, and I'm sure if the shoe were on the other foot, I'd probably be frustrated as well. So I, it's, it's, I, I do not subscribe to the idea that Buffalo fans are any more rambunctious than any other fan base. And like I said, they have a reason to be really defensive of Josh Allen. He came under a lot of criticism for a long time and now he's really good and that's fun. Uh, and so, so I don't dispute them that. I think that the worst fan bases are the 
sleepy fan bases who, when you piss them off, they don't have any practice. They're just not good at it. I uh, made Indy really upset a couple months ago. And then Indy was like, yeah, well, we traded for your quarterback. I'm like, that's not even, I don't, that's not personal. Like that, I don't know what that means. Tennessee don't like me. Uh, and Tennessee, I, I said their defense is going to be worse than it was last year. And they're like, there's no way. Cause our defense was so bad last year. It's like, all right, well, then your defense is going to be really bad again. Like, I don't, we're not doing, like, your defense is bad. That's what we both agree on this. Uh, and so, yeah, Bills fans are good at it. And so I respect it. I got, I got some good laughs in, uh, you know, uh, like I said, uh, it's no skin off my back. Yeah, it's uh, wounded fan bases. Uh, the Eagles, Bills, yeah, there's a handful yeah. of them out there. But, yeah, they haven't had a lot of deep late handles. playoff losses will really cut <laughs> into your perspective. That's for sure. And if you were to talk about, and we mentioned it earlier, if you were to call Aaron Rodgers arrogant, Packers fans would be like, yeah, so, because yeah. they're used to it. They had mm-hmm. Brett Favre, and before that, they even had uh, Don Mikowski, who was uh, even, you know, just as arrogant, you know, local Western New Yorker. Um, but, uh, yeah, the Magic Man, and they've had such a run uh, that they'd be like, yeah, so what? Come get some. I bet you wish right. you had our arrogant quarterback. Um but yeah, I think it would be a little healthier for Bills fans to not care as much uh, when log somebody off, maybe log has, off once in a while. Yeah, it's uh, not so long as your heart pressure is in a good spot, right? Or your blood pressure, excuse me, is in a good yeah. spot, right? Once it starts jacking up a little bit, now go outside, go take a breath of fresh air. <laughs> Benjamin Solak, thank you for doing this. Let me uh, plug uh, all the different things that Benjamin does. He is the uh, senior college football writer at the Draft Network. He's the deputy order. Uh, Deputy order. See, I'm, I'm, I'm struggling here. I was about ready to hit the finish line without any problems. Let me start over. Benjamin Solak. He's the senior college football writer at the draft network. He's the deputy editor at bleeding green, which covers the Eagles. And he's got podcasts all out the yin yang, uh, BGN radio and TDN podcasts. Um, check him out here, there, and everywhere. Uh, and maybe take a listen more to what he's got to say instead of a 20-second clip. Maybe uh, take a deeper listen and uh, understand where he's coming from. Now, listen, the clip did good numbers for PFF social team. That's what matters, right? Got that engagement up. <laughs> and what kind of commission do you get out of that? Yeah, uh, hopefully a pat on the back and maybe a reappearance. We'll see. Well, we'd love to have you back here whenever you uh, decide you want to stir up some shit. <laughs> I'd love to. Thanks for having me on, fellas. Benjamin Solak. All right, from there, we're going to wrap it up. Let's wrap up the whole show. Uh, For uh, Matthew Fairburn of The Athletic, for Jonah Bronstein of the New Bronstein Times, uh, thank you for listening to Tim Graham and Friends, brought to you by CTBK. CTBK is more than just a full-service accounting firm. They are one team with an innovative approach to accounting and rise to each new challenge with collaborative problem-solving skills. CTBK goes above and beyond by lending helping hands in the Buffalo and Niagara community through volunteer work and donations and has partnered up with Victory Sports for 2020 and 2021 to keep kids in the community active. The professionals at CTBK are determined to help individuals and businesses succeed. Whether a large corporation, a small business, or somewhere in between, call CTBK at 716-630-2400. Again, 716-630-2400 and see what CTBK's one-team approach can do for you.